0: and welcome to the Trash Tapes Podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show...
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: When something like really bad happens, like in the movie, like something where you go, oh, that's terrible. Why the hell did they do that? They just, in the next scene, they transition to a shot of boobs and you just instantly forget about it. And and then you just you forgot what happens like there was something that i was really I was angry about like really cross about like two minutes ago the life man, i don't know what it was so holly valance it, it, is back
0: are we saying that this movie is kind of like you know the tiny little flashy device from men in black like every time you get annoyed <laughs> yeah. at something it just shows you like a bikini shot of holly valance and then you forget okay. why you were mad wait what,
2: what where what? am i
0: <laughs> <laughs> now that's an endorsement imagine trying to resell this movie it's like oh. yeah. <laughs> i did
2: i did i did enjoy it and i felt like i because uh my partner came back from wales yesterday he yeah. went to bed and it's like for full context and for full clarity i'm about to watch a movie full of boobs and butts but there's an important reason why i'm watching a movie full of boobs and butts,
0: boobs and butts. Like, oh you're finally butts. doing
2: doa yes i'm finally doing doa
0: thank god for that about to experience trash cinema. everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Trash Tape. One man's trash is another man's treasure. I am your host, Johan Chapal, and the Inflictor of Pain. And I am not... Here with my usual victim and DJ. He is not here at the moment. Unfortunately, he is busy because he's moving home. He's moving to a nice, shiny new house. And so it's, it was going to be a little bit of a while to actually get him back, but I wanted to do an episode in between. We needed something a bit more lighthearted. And so I have a new temporary co-host for today. And so that would be Greg. Hi, Greg. Hello, Johan. How are we? I am superb. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Greg, in what uh, seems to be a long time coming.
2: It has. I know it's it's, fi- it's finally come together. Obviously, I joined Enigmatic Team uh, a little over 14 months ago. <laughs> Quite soon after, it's like, Greg, you need to buy this movie because we are yes. going to be talking about this movie soon. Then obviously yeah. COVID reared its ugly head and here we are 14 yeah. months later, we're finally talking about it
0: um and the thing is it's kind of funny because uh you always reminded me of this throughout the 14 months like you know i bought this movie right like you know i bought
2: it (laughs) you know i spent my own hard-earned sterling on (laughs) on this piece of trash we yes. need to do something with it, Mr. Chabal, And we have. Oh, we have. We have. Oh, we, we have. Found,
0: we found the perfect window for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just, so just before we actually go into it, uh, Greg, before we do, it, we talk about what the movie we're doing is, uh, could you sort of just, to our listeners, do you want to just talk about who you are, what you do, what's going on, et cetera?
2: Sure. Well, my name's Greg. Uh, I am the one of the content creators, a part of the Enigmatic team. Uh, I head up the video game side of things, which makes it a mm. perfect transition for my Trash Tapes debut to be with a video game adaptation, sorry, a movie adaptation of a video game. Yes. And well done to you, Johan, for picking uh, a movie slash game that I've never played. <laughs> what a <laughs> way to introduce me. Uh, but yes, uh, I so I do. Uh, I make videos uh, regarding uh, video games. I do streaming alongside you as well, Johan, on Twitch, mm-hmm. uh, yep. um, and I also um, on uh, Twitter uh, at uh, Greg J underscore Cummings One, where you can find me discussing video games, wrestling and also heading up the PlayStation Access Fan's Twitter account as well. Oh,
0: yeah, that was a thing that happened recently, is not it? Yes, and there's something else, another Twitter account for me to manage. Yay! My goodness, so much. So, yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Right, I did give you a video game movie, right? And, yes, yes, it is one that you clearly may not have played. But the reason why I gave you this is because I want you to be on the trash tapes more often. But I couldn't just give you something that w- I couldn't throw you right into the deep end. I really couldn't. So I thought <laughs> I'd give you something, honestly, that I thought, in terms of trash film, is surprisingly lighter than what I could have given you.
2: <laughs> so you're easing me in. I'm not being pushed in the deep end here. This is me taking a few sort of uh, baby steps in the shallow end. Is this what you
0: would describe this as? This, yeah, shallow being the ultimate word for this movie, yeah. because we are going to talk about... D-O-A, Dead or Alive. Tell me about the diamonds.
1: Well, they're a girl's best friend, and they're forever. Would you hand me my bra, please?
0: From international spies... ...to elite assassins... Greatest warriors, welcome to DOA, have been brought together. Fights can happen any place against anyone for the ultimate competition. It's showtime!
1: Not now, I'm in my underwear.
0: Seems like I can find myself a special friend. We'll settle up tomorrow, sweetie. But behind the competition, a secret technology is stealing their powers to create an unstoppable army.
1: If we're going to make it, we need to work together. Why don't we just split them up evenly?
0: DOA, dead or alive. We are doing DOA, dead or alive, which um, is... It's, it's got a weird and interesting soft spot to me and that's kind of the reason why i want to give this to you because it is like i said describing describing it it's lighter affair it is dumb is dumb it is cheesy it is ridiculous you at the moment you're showing me that at the minute where if you just look at the dvd cover of this it's just chest first basically right at <laughs> the front of the cover
2: with underneath the tagline half naked babes kung fu fighting sit back relax and enjoy but my favorite bit about that sentence is on the film yeah. review on, on on the film cover it just says under who quoted that film review <clears throat> is i mean is that an official licensed, uh, licensed license reviewer? Or is that just somebody who didn't w- want to stay anonymous and just said, Oh, I'm just a film reviewer. I'm not, I'm not going to say who said
0: that. <laughs> well, maybe we could do a little bit of a deep dive into that because I, obviously uh, on this podcast, I sometimes go into what the critics have said. So maybe we can find out who this film reviewer actually is. Maybe Ooh. we can maybe we can actually go and say, you know what, about time you just sort of admit what you have done here. So <laughs> hold your hands um, All right. So for people who are joining us and saying like, what the hell is this thing? Okay, let's, let's break this down. First of all, we need to make this very clear. The movie is called DOA dead or alive not dead or alive there are several movies called dead or alive and mm-hmm. if you decide and want to watch and join along you kind of need to watch this one this is uh the 2006 martial arts film loosely based on the video on the fighting game right the tecmo team ninja fighting game dead or alive it is directed is directed by Corey Yoon. Who, if you know who Corey Yoon is, he happens to be, first of all, he was a co-director of the Transporter movie. So yep. that is something. But also he is a very well-renowned martial artist and stunt coordinator, right? This was his first and only, and only yeah. Western, Western fully solo-directed movie. And I'm not surprised. It's, a, this is the only proper considered westernized because he because he co-directed the transporter he didn't fully direct he co-directed that one so he kind of was saying like well this one will be my breakout first off movie and i can imagine almost a conversation going well it's based off a video game franchise a popular video game franchise this could be an easy way to to get into the market rather than just doing something else. Because before then, he was he directed a lot of other movies, but a lot of them were pretty much Hong Kong exclusive. Right? So they were Hong Kong or Chinese films. They were, but again, yeah. big action kung fu schlock. So, kind of in a weird way, he's kind of perfect for this movie. I'm You have also quite a few other people on as as a cast. So we have we've already mentioned that we're going to mention a few of them. So first of all, we've got Jamie Priestley. So we've got Jamie Presley, who um, you know from quite a few things already, but you probably know her pretty well from My Name Is Earl, the TV series.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. So- familiar.
0: Yep, uh, but also she, she also knows a little bit about martial arts because she was also had a recurring role in the sadly but totally understandable uh Dead Mortal Combat TV show, Mortal Combat <laughs> Conquest. Oh, right? Okay, that is new information. So yeah, so yeah, she plays the role of Micah. She was con- she was a considerable recurring character in that. I remember watching Mortal Kombat Conquest as a kid. I generally thought it was the coolest thing ever. If I sat down and watched it again, I probably would think it was a probably giant piece cry. of dog turd. Yeah. It probably, it, it, I probably think it was dog turd, but. Oh, absolutely. Great, I'm great sure. stuff. There's also, there's also other people as well. Like we, we, we have a uh, Devonta Coy, who, um, who is, who's famously known, uh, for, for her, her before this, her, in her role in Sin City. Her name was a uh, little Miho. Oh, yes, right. And she was also yeah. in a uh, Too Fast Too Furious as well, right? She was in Too Fast Too Furious as Suki. Yeah. And, and she was also, and she was also in very similar things as well. She was in Zoom. She was in War. I remember War. That's the weird Jason Statham versus Jet Lee movie. She's in that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which also That's had, cool. was co-directed, was co-directed again by, Cory looks like they kind of like having, they looks like they got a bit of a relationship going after that one. Um, and yeah, oh, ever ever since then, though, she's kind of dropped off the face of the planet, which is kind of weird, really. Uh, cause you kind of think that after being in that, <laughs> kind of uh, like Cory
2: Yoon. <laughs> A, li- a little
0: bit, I could, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost They've a weird way a the
2: They, you know, they got their, uh, they, they had their story movie. They think it went very well. They obviously, they're off into the sunsets again. They're never to be seen again. That's what's happened.
0: <laughs> That's it. Pure and done. Yeah. Um, also to, 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 to kind of corner off the, uh, the trifecta of big stars here, we've got. Probably Holly Valance, which is probably the most famous out of the lot in terms yeah. of what some people recognize. Um, there's a weird thing. Holly Valance is probably better known in Australia and the UK because yes. we watch a lot of, because, because we watch a lot of soap operas and in England, we watch a lot of Australian soaps, right? We do. Cause we have, because we've got oh, neighbors and home, home and away. away yeah. So we so we know Holly Valance from Neighbours. This could be further from Neighbours, could it? <laughs> Far from Neighbours. Far from
2: Neighbours. Oh, you've got Neighbours, and then you've got over here, plus another
0: yeah. 4,000 miles, you've got bloody DOA. I know Holly Valance, not because of Neighbours, because that wasn't my demographic, that wasn't my time, no. right? I mean, well, because, you know, look, I we all know her from the song, right? We all know her from the one song, the one big hit that she actually pulled off, which is yes. Kiss Kiss. <laughs> I know her from that and the really saucy music video where there's like where the, where light is covering her bits in just the right <laughs> moment. <laughs>
2: that yes. is so your demographic,
0: Johan. honestly it's funny because i remember this i remember first of all ignore the slight cultural appropriation with the bollywood music in the background of the track the song still slaps okay song still slaps
2: oh mate it slaps
0: it slaps hard (laughs) one that always shocked me when i first saw this movie in episode bloody eric roberts is in this movie (laughs) surprise casting wasn't it don't you think in many ways because when you think uh when you think full-blown martial arts movie you don't think <laughs> <Roberts>. it. <laughs> i bet you at this point in time in his career he was kind of maybe a little bit lower down and think you well, know i'll do anything and plus martial arts i get to spend all this time in china well done so <laughs> superb there is one other person there is one person i do also want to throw into there as well the person who plays um the person who plays Hayabusa, who is Kane, uh, Kasugi, who is a full-blown, well-renowned super martial arts sportsman, who is so good in this movie in a weird way. So he is basically, the, he has won so many competitions, as in he is probably the only person out of the entire list who is genuinely, if you, if you walked with him down the street, he will kick everyone's butt, you and around you, just by looking at you.
2: This was a uh, Kasumi's friend, right? Not her brother. We're talking about.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, the friend, not the brother. The, yeah, okay,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah, he would absolutely take you to pieces, tear you to shreds. You
0: would, you would yeah. mess with him. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, and so yeah, so there is a wide, very peculiar range of characters here. This, okay, another thing to mention and this is sort of, well, I think, how the ball got rolling, is the producer for this film. Do you know who one of the producers for this movie is? Um, looks at box of film. No, I don't know. Tell me. The Another person very famous for video game adaptations, Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So, so, in other, so, in other words, more combat and Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah. He is, he is the producer for this movie, which... Kind of
2: makes sense. It's kind of if you... yeah. I'm 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 seeing. I'm. It's all coming together now. Yeah. This this, you... film, this film is almost like an exact sort of love child of those two movie franchises.
0: A thousand percent. Right now.
2: Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's...
0: Now you're sitting there going, ah, oh, okay, this uh. now kind of makes a little bit more sense. Right. Now, they were trying to find a director for quite some time. And because there's already a kind of a little working relationship with a few of the, with a few of the people because of the Transporter movie, which there's a few linking people there, yeah. they brought Corey Yoon into it. Yeah. Now, what's fascinating is, and this you can kind of tell from most of how the writing is and how most of it is not a lot of people have generally played the game before signing up for their roles which uh (laughs) No. no they had not no Although then again though, let's talk about this quickly. Dead or alive? Have you played it? Have you played the series? What do you think of it?
2: I played. I played probably a little bit around friends' house, but it's never been a series that I've ever got into. I was a fan of fighting games, but Tekken was always my thing. I was always a big Tekken fan, so Dead or yeah. Alive didn't really ever didn't really ever touch it. There was uh, obviously uh, a moment there in my uh, in my teen years where <laughs> I was playing the uh, the volleyball uh, game, uh, the volleyball one. Uh, yes. The name of it, which is probably just Dead or Alive Volleyball, let's be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, not really a great amount of experience. That's why I said at the very start of it, I'm so pleased you picked a, ga- a video game IP that I've got very little experience with. But in hindsight, it doesn't really matter. <laughs>
0: Now, Cory Yoon, when he was signed up for it, he he, he only knew that it was a video game, it was a based on a fighting video game. Yeah. That's all he really knew. Yeah. He, la- he ha- was then given to it, he was browsed for it, et cetera. Now, what's interesting is, and this is how I believe it was pitched to most of the women in this movie, right? Okay. This movie was it's in a weird way, a lot of the people are of a lot of people see Dead or Alive as this cheesecake, tits huh? and boobs, butts, the whole thing, right? Cory Yoon didn't sell it as that, right? And I can, in a weird way, I can see this, right? It's very, it'd be honestly, it's very early noughties idea of feminism. But oh, yeah. It, but it is the idea that he sold this film as a female empowerment movie, where, I'm not joking, no, he sold it no as a... No fucking in. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, think about it, all the lead characters are female. Yes. All the characters are female, they all kick butt, none of them need a man to get themselves sorted out, and at the end of the day all five of them become what's considered to be something as the powerhouse. They become the Spice Girls almost of Kung Fu, and there was going to be ideas of turning this into a franchise, bigger down the line, with empowering strong women doing their thing, yeah, right?
2: Even, yeah, but even for like, sort of like empowering women, for the naughties, that still includes heavily sexualizing them. I mean, even... even <sighs> Even uh, even uh, the lady who plays Kasumi, you know, like just a Japanese sort of warrior princess. Yes. she's wearing a bikini. Goodness knows how many times
0: in this movie. But this isn't my problem? Is it now? Here's my thing. Is it? And I, I think this is what this is where I think the things start to clash. And this is where I think Paul W S Anderson comes in and a few other people come in. I I bet you, Corey, you had an original idea and one saying, "No, it's, it's not about the boobs and the butts. It's about this, right?" The producers come in and say, wait a minute, you need to talk, you are talking about Dead or Alive, right? It's <laughs> famous for the boobs and the butts. So you have to do more boobs and butt shots. But I can imagine there's been conversation with Curry and it's like, no, no, it's all about the fighting and empowering women, women kicking butt, right? Yeah. But the producers say, no, no, it's also about boobs and butts. Sex sells. Put, sex sells, put some more boobs and butts in their place, right? Um, To the point that this is, this is the thing that I found fascinating, right? All the women... Major- all, all the lead women, so like the five or six lead characters, they were all trained for martial arts for, for a good five months. Five months of martial arts training. So they could do the majority of the fights and stunts, right? I mean, what I mean, what I will say is that that's quite good. They
2: obviously put an awful lot of time into training those five months. However, yeah. this movie only took them three months to make. They did. In total, which makes me think that obviously they did want to make it put an awful lot of emphasis and make it like a genuinely good fighting movie. Again, like they had the intention of of making it like a genuinely brilliant Kung Fu movie. But unfortunately Mm. producers get in the way of that.
0: Yep. Yeah, you also got, for example, fight scenes. This is, this is very much almost in the same realm as something like what Jackie Chan would do when it comes to Hong Kong fighting movies or kung fu films, right? That it would take a very long time to do fight scenes. For example, a, a lot of the fight scenes weren't like shot in a day. No, they were choreographed with, with, with most of them. Like I said, there are some people who they're clearly body doubles, which I will get to in a moment, especially Eric Roberts. You are—you did not do half of those stunts. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, there is—but that's the thing. is all, Most of the women did that, but that yeah. means all the fight scenes, in order to shoot them, they weren't shot in a day. They were choreographed months in advance, and they were done within, like, each fight scene would take a week to shoot. Right? Yeah. So they took a long time for the fight. In fact, one fight scene, especially we'll talk about, the one in the rain, took two weeks to shoot. Two wow, okay. weeks. Is this the one? Season, is this
2: one between Christine and Helena?
0: Yes. Ah, that okay. one took two weeks to shoot. Um, th- but this is the thing. Now you're not sure whether it is supposed to be because they were not that good at it, or maybe because they, it was. It, it wanted the fight scenes were longer, which I will talk about in a moment. Or they, it, the director was just meticulous in how the fight needs to go. Yeah, and I feel like there's a weird conflict with that because oh boy there was a there was there was quite a few uh problems on set um
2: yes so. yes I'm, fam- I'm familiar with a few of the issues they're based on set but you if you want to yeah
0: yeah so here's an example <laughs> right first of all the movie's budget was 30 million so keep that in mind mm-hmm. okay yeah but what it continues on this would this the the because Corey Yoon insisted insisted instead in, instead of shooting it in the United States or in Australia, which would have benefited quite a few people, they decided to shoot the entire thing in China.
2: Yeah. Right? And different, different parts of China.
0: Yeah, multiple yeah. times, all, all over the world, right? Yeah. In fact, this was considered one of the first ever Western productions to be shot in the, in China's Hedigan World Studios. This yeah. is the same place that shot Heroes and House of Flying Daggers, right? Correct. So yeah. this is big stuff. This is the first ever Western production to do, to follow the same realm as what is called the Chinese Wirefu, Wushu kind of epic feel, which Makes sense in terms of how the movie is directed. Yeah, in the fight scenes in particular, it's very wirefu, wushu kind of, kind of wire training. Very much crouching tiger, hidden dragon. <laughs> I said, there's not a lot of, lot of crouching
2: tiger in this. There's, there's a lot. Of that.
0: It's it's that kind of feel. So if anyone's yeah. ever seen those movies from Hong Kong or China with that kind of fighting style, you're surprisingly going to be quite comfortable with this. Yeah. It's just I would, I would not say so. as um well as well because
2: i mean the issues do i mean the issues that they would have faced into i mean first of all is communication because on yes. set you've got english you've got mandarin you've got hindi you've got all the different regional dialects of whatever part of china you're in that week yeah not to mention the yeah.
0: humidity of filming in those parts of the world as well yeah so, yep yeah. so basically this is the thing there was a humongous communication issue where there was only uh, on set, on the actual production day, there were only about three people, three or four people who actually spoke English. Yes. Everyone else spoke Chinese, which, including the director, the director doesn't speak a word of English, nope. so everything had to be t- retranslated back to uh, the back to back Corey. to the director yep. and vice versa. So it was hampered by, for example, the act- this is what he said, and I quote: uh, "Jamie Presley again." brilliantly in-depth interview she does here. She basically calls Corey Yen, number one, one of the number one action martial art-, art directors in the world. So she already knew this is a big thing. Yep. But she said that the experience was hampered by language barriers between the cast and crew. And the script kept deviating from the original script and from the game series storyline a lot, which annoyed which annoyed the cast because there were rewrites as it kind of went along. And I'm assuming half some of that is from the, from the, uh, from the director and the other half from the producers, which are again, constantly fighting to figure out what this movie is supposed to be. Um, a lot of uh, she quotes. A lot of bad stuff happened. A lot, of, a lot of bad stuff came up and happened, and it didn't turn out the way it should have because there were constantly because there were constantly weird communication and bickering between the director and ourselves. Oh God! So, in other words, it, oh. so in other words, so the director would say something. Yeah, someone would have to go and translate it to the English crew. Yeah, the English crew would say. Um, no. Can you please tell? It's like, can we do this instead? Yeah. Right? They would go to the, the to the associate person, whether it's the dop or whatever it is, go and say that. Translate in the Chinese, and then either be dismissed or go back and say, no, you kind of have to do this. There was so there was so basically there's no way to have either come up with a compromise or an understanding of what the material was because you couldn't no. when you have the majority of the movie. Being Chinese. (laughs) Jesus. Wow. Oh, man, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. You can imagine how great this would be sitting there going like, oh, boy, the main people who were basically, and and this is all the other thing, the main people were... Well, basically, it was the director of photography for the second unit, not the main photographer, not, no. not the main cameraman, no. the second unit, <laughs> and the first, uh, and the first, and the first assistant director. So this, this, this one poor sod had to be running back and forth, oh translating, just translating the, everything, everything to everyone. <sighs> do you think, right?
2: how, do you think how much better this movie could have been that if they just said, "Let's make it exclusive Chinese" or exclusive, exclusively American.
0: Yeah. Now, nah, and that's the thing is the idea that Corey thought this, saw him up and said, like, the reason why we're going Chinese is because if you look at the characters, maybe it's mostly from aesthetic, right? Right. A lot of them are Asian. A lot of them yeah. are Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese. A lot of them fall under that category. Okay. Correct. And it's like, sure, this makes sense. Might as well make it sort of make, kind of make it sort of like a Chinese wushu kung fu flick. It actually kind of fits. But obviously, again, producers are saying well this is technically this is going to be a british this is a communist space what it is it's an american british australian german chinese production (laughs) so it's not one country there's four other countries involved who are pitching in in some shape or another to fund this movie too many hands too many hands getting involved Way too many people touching and moulding this and nonsense, right? things.
2: Oh no! Oh, it's just the worst. It's the kind of stuff that yeah. makes you just cringe when you listen to it during like production. It's like, oh god! Like, yep,
0: it, it was doomed to fail from the word go. However, some people did say that, that, that some of the, that some of the experiences with this movie was actually, other than the sort of messy communication era, the humidity and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people generally had a good time on set. For example, um, just to sort of clarify the Priestley praised the hard work of the director and the crew. Do you know how, okay, do you know how many hours a day did they actually work the Chinese crew? Uh, It was something like uh, 20 hours a day, right? It was. So basically, (laughs) here we go. So so basically, the crew and both units, both units of the crew, worked for 17-hour days slept for only four hours sleep yeah. and then got back and did it again. And so pra- <laughs> so, so, that's the thing is they praised the work ethic of the crew. Oh, oh we're, not, we're not
2: taking that away. Oh, no, believe me. We believe, you know, you put a lot of, they put a lot of time and effort into it. I understand that.
0: But, but unfortunately, it's about quality and not quantity. And here's the other thing as well. I'm going to run with this, right? Imagine, imagine this, this shoot went on for about three months, yeah. right? Imagine this was your sleeping pattern for three months oh, my, my god. god you'd be grouchy done tired you, you th- there, there's nothing that you could just go and refresh yourself there no. was no means of that
2: you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't know how to end your movie oh and lo and behold they didn't know how to end their fucking movie either oh they
0: they did not that's like three um,
2: endings it basically has three fucking endings <laughs>
0: In terms of his release, and here's the interesting thing about it is that the movie came out first in September 2006. So quite, so not, not too far from his real thing. And it, sh- it started, its launch was in the UK first, Australia, and then the Philippines. Those were the, That was a testing ground for this movie. This okay. is where the movie generally actually had a theatre release. This was a got-
2: theatre release. Yes, it did. This was in, mo- this was in movie theatres.
0: It was. God, how many refunds do you think were requested? One of our fantastic Instagram uh, Instagram buddies and followers, Ben, uh, who who goes under the who yeah, goes under ben. the name who goes under the name of uh, Rider Rated Eighteen. Right now, right. He, he, he big fan of ours. He, he basically said this, and I quote: because when I posted out saying, "Oh, we're doing this today," and he wrote down and said, "I remember the poster being displayed all over the cinema. After that, there was nothing else." Well. <laughs> that's because no one really saw this movie but it's because it was it was only there for a very small window of time it also never had a critical like a critics release which in other words this was not shown to critics and in fact Jamie Jamie Presley again who was again she was very proud of her work on that because she put a lot of work in the training and the fight scenes and everything and you can see that she's she did the majority of the fight scenes. she was proud of that movie she found she only found out about the movie being released not from uh not from actually anyone giving her the copy of the dvd or whatever she found out that the film was the film was released and was able to view it from an acquaintance from the show my name is earl so basically from a friend of jason lees
2: what the hell is happening that's how she found out
0: Yep, because the movie then wasn't released into the United States until a year later, because the Weinstein company who was distributing the movie, which clearly oh, right, was a bit okay. like that, Ooh, they right. sat there saying, now, nah, some of this needs to be re-edited, some of this needs to be adjusted, some of this needs to to, to be grounded <laughs> across, right? So, so did they? They did. <laughs> okay. And they that's did. the copy
2: that I'm holding my hand now. That was the film that was edited even more?
0: Yes. Oh, Jesus there was oh, at Jesus. least there was at least another 15 more minutes of footage and most most of it were fight scenes and an entire subplot which was in, which actually makes the ending of this movie make a little more sense. Okay. And what
2: and what and what, and what was that, and what was that what was that little bit of subplot that was thrown in?
0: That little subplot is the idea something known as the five sisters. Now the five sisters subplot right, okay. is there is there apparently you know, Shinobi Ninja, which we have to talk about when we get there, when we finally get to the movie. Yeah. The idea that the Shinobi Ninjas have an idea, have something known as the have have have, have a move called yeah. the, five the Five Sisters, and just, there yeah. is and there is a weird reoccurring plot which we'll get to about acupuncture and the idea of nerve holes, right? Oh, okay, so, You're right, yeah, okay. Which now there's a whole subplot which is about the Five Sisters, where separately they don't work to they don't work alone, but if you put them together you create a super fist punch where if you hit on a nerve hold, you knock a person out. All right. Okay. This explains some of the nonsense that happens in the ending, but also it explains the five sister bit, which explains the ending because what's the very last scene of the movie is five, all five women, women with swords, five women standing in a row, yeah. holding, a holding cantana swords ready to go through. So yeah. that for some reason that was completely removed more shots of boobs and butts were inserted in. Of course. In the in original, than what was in the original cut. it is
2: there's, there's one thing you need more of...
0: His boobs it. and, butts. and uh, there were some scenes that were removed because it was just bad tasting humor because uh, i actually on the dvd there are some of these deleted scenes not all of them but there are definitely a few um some of them are just bad tasting like it just doesn't it uh, that that is aged like milk some of the humor <laughs>
2: but um, can i just say one thing just very very quickly then can i just say bravo to you for actually braving the deleted scenes of this movie because I, I, I watched the final cut and everything, and I thought that was terrible. I would never even dream of looking further into this hellhole. So bravo, good sir. Bravo. He, he, does, it, he does this for us, so we don't have
0: to. Let's do my favorite thing, which is the critical response. I love these because it just <laughs> kind of basically shows I like hearing what the critics have to say. So, first of all, In the box office, right? Overall, this movie did famously terribly. Right now, in 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 moviedom, in order for you to consider making a profit, you have to technically make double the original budget. Yes. Right. So sixty million. Yeah. In other words, in order in order to consider this movie a profit, it needs sixty million. Yeah. This movie only made worldwide. Seven point seven million dollars. <laughs> so not only did not only didn't even reach its budget. No. It is very low on the budget scale. It no. did not do well. It lost so much money. so much money. Only one million of that is only in just the UK, Australia, okay. So okay. only so so basically. More people in Australia and the UK have seen this movie, which makes sense to me because I'm getting the weird feeling that it was horribly because it, it took almost a year before it got to the states, and then the reception of how it was like all over the world was we'll done got there by then. It was properly and Mike, it was properly buried when it tried to go into when it tried to get some press screenings in the United States and just was just dropped and forgotten about to the point that in America, in America, it only made a staggeringly bad $260,000 in its (laughs) opening weekend. (laughs) It was released in. Oh my God. It was released in 505 theaters. It spent a month on screenings, and then it only made altogether 480 thousand dollars. It was that no, failed.
2: It, yeah, it was. It already failed by the time it got to the states.
0: Now, overall, it's look. We're we looking at the reviews. The reviews have been generally negative on on Tomorrow's at the moment of this time. It's around. Thirty-three percent, about forty-three six reviews on an average of four point seven out of ten. Which, believe me, we've reviewed worst movie scores. On this oh, show. Oh, oh,
2: oh, I know, oh, no doubt about
0: that. <laughs> right. However, there are some people that are actually giving it favourable reviews. Someone from the LA Weekly actually said that it is one of the year's purest entertainment films. It is non-stop fighting, mostly with very little clothes on, and with and with flair that you expect from a martial <laughs> choreographer like Yoon. It is tech in in. It's like. As a baseline, it is awesome. If you only ever want to see one bad movie about warrior chicks who meet up on a tropical island to fight in a contest, dear, way it is.
2: I mean, if that's, I mean, if
0: that's the specific niche that you're looking for, which yeah.
2: I, I, is a very, <laughs> very specific niche, then this movie is everything that you could ever possibly want.
0: When I think of Dead or Alive, I don't think of a storyline or characters really. I think in terms of like personalities. I see them yeah. as being caricatures with a surprisingly decent. Fighting mechanic, but nothing I would sit there and go, Yeah, there is depth and lore <laughs> and anything else into this fighting franchise. It's not like Street no. Fighter, where apparently there's so much lore is ridiculous. Or the granddaddy of fighting story lore, which is Tekken, which is Tekken. just the ultimate soap opera melodramatic cheese, right? Yeah, but Tekken, yeah, Tekken's bonkers though as well. Yeah. Tekken is pure bonkers. Pure right? bonkers. But it but it takes all its law as all, some of its law is not canon. But then there's law that is canon, and that law, yeah. that canon law, is so serious. It's so <laughs> serious.
2: It's so serious. When you're a bit annoyed with your dad, chuck him in a volcano. That'll sort him out, right?
0: And then it turns out no, you didn't actually chuck me really into a volcano. Um, he chucks you into the volcano, and it just. <laughs> <laughs> <So dumb. laughs> Then
2: then let's dig, dig up our demi demi god great granddaddy and let him chuck us both into a volcano is, before we strap him in a rocket and shoot him up into space. Oh gee. Why are we not talking about Tekken? that's that's gonna be that's gonna be another one. You've got to bring me back on for any Tekken movies. There is a Tekken movie.
0: There is a live there is action a Tekken movie. There is a live action Tekken movie. So we yeah, yeah we, we we might do that next.
2: That's gonna be that's gonna be one. That's definitely gonna be one.
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah so yeah that is that is basically the backstory toward to dead or alive which to me like i said i find fascinating it's an idea of a director trying to do one thing the the actors and actresses trying to do something else the uh, the producers wanting to do something else the communication barrier that stopped this from happening doing a drastic edit to make it short sweet and simple and then just left to die and it is this is what this is sadly one of the video game movies that And not a lot of people remember because it was literally dead on arrival.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'll keep. I'll keep going back to that. I'll keep saying that. I did see another. uh, Like, obviously, there's a few different box arts for this. Another one of the box arts says um, that it's uh, one of the best movie uh, adaptations of a video game ever. And is that is that a compliment? I mean, is that really a compliment when you think about what sort of what other movies were made, what other uh, video game movies were made up until 2006?
0: Now, here's the thing: I got the quote. Do you know who said this? Who said it? Kim Newman the famous oh well there you go right so kim newman said this he actually said he actually you've said it, kim newman's actually said this is the best film yet adapted from a computer game it doesn't even try to add depth or and simply delivers what the fans expect plenty of ninja babes with a few trimming w- with, with as few trimmings as possible that's
2: basically what you get that's what you get <laughs> What you get? I'm, I'm sorry. Was you expecting in depth character arcs and and law? You don't come here for law. Nobody plays dead or alive for its law. Who do you think we are,
0: Tekken? And this is the thing. I feel like people are people are. This is where I might slightly defend this movie. You don't look at that cover. You don't no. look at this video game franchise and expect Shakespeare. You don't no. expect it. This is understandably almost in a weird way knowing it is just cheesecake it knows it is just downright just sexy ninja babes fighting each other out in bikinis this is literally what the games are to a point
2: yeah that's all the game that's all the games wants to be if you want to give it law leave that to the fan fiction let the fans decide on that shit but that's that was never the point of doa now even i'm calling it doa now I guess we, I guess we, 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 by saying that, I guess with what we ended up with would be almost like the perfect compromise. And yet, it's
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> and so, with. Surprise, all- it doesn't even get that
2: right. Oh. <laughs> hey,
0: Right. First of all, we need to start off right at the very, very beginning. So we yes. need to start off with the whole introduction to our our lead three. Right. Yes. First of all, okay. Princess uh, Kasumi with the worst CGI of an army I've ever seen. That is pretty bad, gonna admit. That is really weird green screen fodder. It- oh, it was the worst! I just thought it was flags, and then the flags moved, and oh no, there are people there, okay. So this is the thing, so you're introduced by flying through the sky and into a giant <laughs> temple, a giant ninja temple. Now, here's the thing, there is this big giant Japanese castle in the sky on top of a mountain, right? Of course. Now, here's the thing, Thing. Where else are you going to put him on the ground? But here's, on the ground level. And here's the weirder thing as well. It's like you start this with no context. You don't know who you're no meeting. Me. You don't know what's going to happen. You're suddenly thrown into this. And again, looking at the cover and the box art and everything else, you weren't expecting this. And I feel this is the perfect tone setter because you're suddenly rushed into this. You got princess. So you basically end up with Princess uh, K- Kasumi, and she is stoic and cold and tired mm-hmm. and is like I need Merciless. to mer- literally it's so flat it is I I need to go and find my brother she, yeah. he disappeared mm-hmm. after going to a, going to a tournament and never returned Princess Kasumi your brother is dead your destiny is to lead your people
1: I will not believe he is dead until I see his body
0: There is no body.
1: Then he is not dead. I am going to find him.
2: The guards won't let you leave.
1: I am not a cricket in a box. I alone determine my destiny.
2: But Princess, as your brother's best friend, you must let me help you.
1: If my brother is really dead, then you are no longer his best friend.
0: Princess Kasumi, if you leave, you suffer the same fate as your brother. You will become an outcast. A shinobi.
2: So be it.
0: Decides to go and say, fudge it, just goes. And, <laughs> and so when this happens, we're then introduced to uh, Natasha's character who is. Um- hang
2: on, whoa, whoa, hang on. Before. Um-
0: are you about to jump onto Tina next? No, 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 no. We're not jumping to oh, Tina. No, thank, we're on to the Tasha's character, who is the purple head half sister, yes. half sister of Kasumi. Yes,
2: but also I, I don't know. Now I, I feel free to cut this, but. Also, wasn't she played by an American actress? I mean, we're in, a, we're, we're, we're in a high temple in the middle of Japan, and it's just full of American actors.
0: This, exp- the, see, this explains. <laughs> let me explain, right? This is why for for uh, for some people they're considered. Half brothers or half sisters, because I feel that's the okay. best way to sort of sum it up. Uh Natasha, who <laughs> plays that, she's actually out of all the things, she's from Norway. So, um, oh, so oh, she's okay. Norwegian. Right. Just add add, add add another nationality into it. Why don't we? So she's Norwegian. So, um, yeah. So she, so so basically, she is sort of the protector of the clan. The main, she's she's like head ninja of the clan, apparently. Right, and she goes over and says like, "If you," it's say, Kasumi. If you leave, I will have free authority to kill you. And this is where you're suddenly introduced to the foo nonsense, which you do not expect <laughs> in a movie called Dead or Alive. So she oh. she does she flips a sword into the wall. She bounces. It's so good. <laughs> she bounces <It's> so good. <laughs> she bounces off all of the guards. Jumps off. I know, okay, no, this bit is the best. She jumps. Oh, it is. Do you want to say? So the moment she jumps yeah. off the sword.
2: So she jumps off. She basically looks like she's about I don't know about two hundred thousand feet in the air. I don't know. Like <laughs> because there's just a blue abyss, a bit blue abyss below her, and then whilst free falling, yeah, it, it makes me think has has she been wearing this wingsuit this entire yes. time? It's like oh, it just happens to be a wingsuit. suit. It's fine. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just some sort, of, sort of like traditional prince uh, Japanese princess, but I'm wearing a flying suit. And while she's ascending, flying through the sky, of course she is the first
0: one to get what I've called the digital homing shuriken. Or invite to DOA I personally love I think it's nonsense pure nonsense it's a shuriken that knows exactly where to where hit you are. where you are <laughs> where to hit so it doesn't hurt you
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and invite you to DOA so that's a, a, that is all in, within the first three minutes, and because of all in the first three minutes, if you 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 know if you're going to like this movie or not in any shape or form by watching the first three minutes, if you know that you are ready to tolerate this moon logic, silly, ridiculous, <laughs> melodramatic, whatever this is, yeah, you know go- you you know you're going to enjoy the rest because the next thing is then then. We are introduced to Tina Armstrong, played by by Jamie Presley. So now, do you want to have a talk about uh, Tina Armstrong a little bit? What is the scene that we're about to get into?
2: Okay, so this is the scene where she's uh, she's gone for a swim. Obviously, the first thing you see of her is the chest. Of course, it's the chest. Yes, followed by the button And she's wearing, just in case you don't know, she's American because she's wearing the the US flag on her bikini. Hell yeah! Um, she then proceeds to. Uh, you get you sort of like your first sort of glimpse into the wonderful sound effects used in this movie by when she puts her legs into into the braces so she can start doing some push-ups. Yes, this is like a really wonderful like eek like to lock her feet in place before she's there stopped by her butler um what proceeds is a phone call from her dad played by the wonderful big daddy himself kevin nash which is i'm sold
0: i'm sold this what made me laugh because you didn't know about kevin nash being in this movie no. And the moment you, I saw you writing on Twitter, it's so the moment Kevin Nash, wait a minute, wait a minute. Kevin Nash is in Hold this? Hold the phone. Hold just the phone. On a minute. Like, like, the thing is, you weren't sold on this even before then. And then you're sitting there going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Kevin Nash is in this. We got Diesel, baby. He's in this. And I, okay, all right, I think I'm sold. Uh, yes.
1: Yeah. Hi, Dad, what's up?
0: Sweetheart, I just hope you know what you're giving up.
1: Dad, we already talked about this. But if you get the afternoon flight, you can still make it to the tag team championship in Des Moines. Dad, I already told you. I am done wrestling. I'm done being fake. I'm done. Sweetheart. Are you there? Hey, Dad, I'm gonna have to call you back in a minute, okay? Uh, Miss Armstrong. Miss Armstrong! Wait a... Here's the deal, lady. We want the yacht. If you
2: do exactly as we say, you'll live. If you don't, then you'll pay with excruciating... New
1: deal, boys. You boys get off my yacht now, and y'all will avoid excruciating pain.
2: <sighs> I agree with you when you say that... um When you say that uh, Jane Presley um actually is... Is it probably one of the, the more, probably gives one of the better performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably one of the worst fight scenes that she then takes part in because she gets hijacked by uh, pirates. Yes. Yeah. By terrible, terrible pirates and has the worst fight. However, yeah. the best <laughs> the best part of that fight yes. is where the guy gets back up, all of his friends are in the water, and she yes. says, Yeah, do you just want to? And he goes, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeats
0: himself off that boat. It's kind of special. It's wonderful, that scene. The, yeah, the fight. this fight scene isn't the best, but I would also argue it's because they're doing it also on a boat, which automatically isn't oh, the room. But I will say one thing about this. There is a very special cameo in this movie. One of the pirates is a very special cameo from another video game movie. Do you recognize who that is? No, not a clue. Not even a clue. Head pirate... Plays Liu Kang in the in the More Combat movie.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean I have seen that movie, but it's been a long time. I never would have recognised that without you telling me. So he's gonna go,
0: Oh my god, Liu Kang's in this and gets yes. instantly kicked the butt out of. Oh my god. Yeah, big time. And then once again, conveniently, the pirates are beaten up, the sheriff arrives and goes like, Oh, okay, DOA, all right, okay, all right. We then get introduced to Christy. Who is played by Holly the Lance? Now, the first time we're introduced to her, she's literally coming out of the shower. Uh, it, she, she's in Hong Kong. I mean, start how, start how you mean to go on, really? Yeah, she's coming out of the shower and she's interrupted by the Hong Kong police. As it were, who, are, which are all in the Hong Kong bedroom, saying like, "Hey, you know, we know you're doing stuff. We know you're robbing stuff. Blah blah blah. Can you stop doing robbery things? Can you stop being baddies, please." <laughs> yes, and thing is, she's just gone out of the shower. She's wearing a towel. Blah blah blah. You know the whole shebang, right?
2: <laughs> You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh.
0: Which 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 she does. she does speak up she, she, did talk, she does have to speak up a bit because she's wearing a towel.. That's <laughs> the
2: <a> no. <laughs> best, best line ever.
0: Tell me about the diamonds.
1: Well, they're a girl's best friend made from carbon, subjected to high pressure, traditionally a 60th wedding anniversary gift. And they're forever.
0: Well, perhaps spending a few hours in a cold cell under some hot lights will make you a little more agreeable.
1: But I at least get dressed first?
0: Be my guest.
1: Would you hand me my bra, please?
2: Do me up. Best shot in the whole entire movie, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you see, you see side boob after side boom with the best towel whipping animations, so and good. also some of the, again some of the amazing sound effects. You know, when she uh, knocks the first guy down, and then she yeah. just sort of like a, uh, throws her leg over her back to like sort of like knock him down. There is like a really nice sound effect when she does that. There is a good, but the best, but the best clip has got to be uh, the best scene has got to be uh, uh, bra and gun in the air, falling down. The bra goes on, the gun comes out. Will
0: you do me up? Thank you. Badass. This is by far the most memorable scene in the whole movie. When people think of dead or alive, you literally think of this scene. And yeah. the sad thing is, this is in the first ten minutes. So imagine that you've you've you you peaked almost at this the point. Thing.
2: You've peaked at ten minutes. It's a yeah. really,
0: oddly enough, this whole scene is surprisingly really good. It is cool. It is, and in a weird way, again, it's sexy, but also in a fun way. She's the boss. She's powerful. Female empowerment in a weird, yes. but in a male, sexy way. Style. In a male yeah. gaze kind of way. For, but, for a male audience yeah and then yeah. what happens is I love I love the bit afterwards she escapes she goes into a lift sees she's still she's sort of still kind of just wearing just brown and panty she walks into the lift <laughs> she sees a guy in a full suit and goes how are you it? suddenly you cut she's wearing a trench coat and a hat and the, and the guy she's is full
2: hitman 47 on his ass
0: she did because then by that point the guy in the lift is literally stuffed into his suitcase, suitcase? <laughs> what <laughs> brilliant i mean
2: i mean i I was drinking at the time and i spat out drink because what
0: personally i whatever it is i just loved that i laughed when i saw that again it was great and then she escapes she drives onto a motorcycle and then she gets a shuriken again
2: not not before you not before you see the boat hit the the uh, the seat of the the bike for whatever reason perfectly
0: but then also in the background you're introduced to a new character that is just done for this movie which is max max is introduced in the background and then we find out more about him later
1: ready to pop the question
0: world's greatest martial arts tournament
1: DOA I'm Helena Douglas and I want to thank you for accepting our invitation Each of you has been individually selected because you represent the
2: best fighting style in your specialized field Soon you will get a chance to prove that you are the best fighter in the world and at the same time pick up a 10 million
1: dollar prize In the meantime relax before the real fun begins
0: You're suddenly, I think this is literally the case, you're suddenly then thrown into the plane, I believe it is.
2: Yes, straight after that. Yeah. You bank, yeah. You're on the, yes, uh, on the, on the playing scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Where we're introduced to all the slight arrangement of characters. Some of them are recognizable. Some of them are not. Uh, but they are, they're all sort of there, right?
2: Kevin Nash is there. Most recognizable. For Kevin
0: me. Nash is there. Uh, <laughs> other characters are in there. Um, sort of Hayabusa. Zach. Zach's in there, who is, Oh, we'll talk about Zach in a minute. Top of the dick list. You have Hayabusa. You've got other characters, which are only there by name. And it's a bit of a shame because some of yeah. the deleted scenes were some of the their fight scenes. There's a weird deleted scene with this where Kevin Nash, uh, where Kevin Nash and, uh, where Kevin Nash and Jamie Presley are having a beer drinking contest. On okay. The plane. All right. Sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. Just randomly. This happens somewhere before we're introduced to Zach. Uh, and it's, there's a beer drinking contest. They drink it. Tina wins. And does the biggest belch. And then, and then Kevin Nash gets angry and breaks a table by accident. <laughs> <laughs> why do they not, why did they delete that? <laughs> I, I'm, after the, after we've recorded
2: this podcast i'm going
0: back and i'm watching that scene i bet that's brilliant that's exactly what i want to see it's funny it's it's, it's again it's that kind of weird slapstick humor but this is a kind of yeah. but it's a slapstick humor that if you've seen chinese wushu kung fu films this is yeah. very prevalent in that <laughs> we then introduced yeah. to another to i what i call him one of the antagonists yeah, I would argue that he
2: is. Yeah. He's certainly not there to uh, help uh <clears throat> push their story forward, is it? He? He's he's uh, getting in the way of anything, so
0: yep, and that would be Zach. Now, interesting factoid about the this. Worst. He's terrible. Here's an interesting factoid about this. Uh he does have the weirdest haircut, which is part of the game. Uh so he has a weird yeah. haircut. Some of it is uh a genuine headpiece, so it's like bald with a little bit of that. And some of it <laughs> yeah. is actually CGI because he moves so quickly sometimes that they couldn't actually properly put the thing on. So sometimes the hair is CGI, <laughs> CGI hair. and some of it's a real headpiece.
2: What the hell is going on? <laughs> but then again, I, sh- I, shouldn't, I shouldn't sound surprised with half the stuff that goes on in this movie. That's like nothing in comparison to some.
0: Right. So throughout the movie, and this is the thing, he is sort of an antagonist to Tina, right? Because he is constantly just being a bit of a sex pest. Like oh, yeah. not a little no like genuinely a sex pest. Oh, um, no, he's he's like I say he's top of the dick list. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like, he never moves. For for certain characters they have mini rivalries in this movie for some reason because it adds more tension I guess. I don't know. Um maybe. maybe. God,
1: this is so embarrassing dad. I cannot believe you're here.
0: What? I got an just like you. Tina Armstrong. You know baby. So how come you're here? I and mean, that lady just said, the best in your fighting style. If I recall, you're a wrestler. Wrestling ain't really fighting now, is it? The
1: beneath you. I sure would like to be. <laughs> Son Dad! A- Whatever. God, I cannot wait to kick his ass.
0: So they all land. Well, they don't, they don't all land because they introduced to Helena on the, on the things like, Hey, welcome to, D- welcome to the DOA tournament. We're about to get to the island. You all need to jump off this plane. Go, go, go. Basically. Okay. Question. Here's the thing, right? Did this movie, uh, pre, did this movie sort of predict Fortnite? Um. <laughs> You've oh my get, god you have to get to <laughs> a do do point do do
2: do 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 fucking twilight zone oh my god you yeah. come up with something here
0: <laughs> you, it's like, i'm just imagining that you're, you're jumping out of plane and you need to be in the third place before before the end of the night yeah blah, blah, blah. because
2: yeah. because you know i mean it's midday at this point on the plane like the sun is at the highest peak of it in the sky and for some reason we've got the fastest moving fucking sun that's closing down to midnight. That it's, it's like evening by the time you're... It's like you've been skydiving. Like, you're playing to the ground in about five minutes. Yes. The sun does not move
0: that fast. But anyway, that's... Yeah. Oh, so don't get me started. For everyone jumps out. Everybody jumps out. Yes. Hayabusa actually goes and says... Because Hayabusa's actually in this because he too was, oddly enough, invited to the tournament. Mm. Very convenient. And we'll find out How later convenient. why it's all convenient. Maybe, I mean, maybe kusumi's had a plus one. Okay. <laughs> love is like oh bring another oh can i bring oh can i bring my buddy please can i bring my buddy into a a death match tournament please of course um so yeah only if he he has his own flying suit of course which everyone does again for some reason everyone else is fine right yeah the three leads get picked up by the wind and are taken off course <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> that the wind doesn't affect anybody else no one else everyone else arrives no. perfectly fine uh, Yeah. Th- th- this one though these the three our protagonists seem to go again because again i'm seeing where the plot's supposed to be going here because they end up landing on a beach And on the beach, they end up seeing this giant Buddha temple. Now, unfortunately, they were supposed to be at the top of the Buddha temple, not at the bottom.
1: How in hell are we supposed to get up there? We'd better get going. Well, you're both on your own. I don't do teams. That's fine with me. Any team you're part of is bound to lose anyway. (laughs) Well, I'll remember that when I'm collecting the ten million. Okay, here goes. Race
0: In a weird way, it kind of feels like the reset button because they because they, they try and do the race, they try and they try and do it on their own, and they realize the sun is setting really extra quickly this time round. I don't know where they are, <laughs> really fast. Like you, a, actually, you actually you actually get cut. Planet. You get cut to you get cut to another shot where the sun is going extra fast. <laughs> and it, it's, it's either the it's sun's either just taking some speed, which makes me think either the sun's really fast or the Wushu is just sort of. The, the wushu is actually do you know when it's in slow motion it's actually like it's really slow it's genuinely slow and so they all agree like look if we want to get to the top and we all want to be in this tournament we all have to work together and this is what i'm saying where i understand what the whole thing is about female empowerment how i yeah. get it this is supposed to be a female empowerment movie in some way or another the girls yeah. are, you know sisters are doing it for themselves that kind of thing they all That's work the together of, yeah attitude. Yeah, and so they, they work together there's some really cool bits well, they don't this.
2: But they don't work together because the whole point is, right, they're about halfway up and they all agree. They all sort of continue and go, okay, I think we need to help each other out. Yeah. Okay. So I think, is it, um, I can't forget, is it Tina who goes up first? No, it's, uh, I think uh, it's Christy
0: goes up first. Yes.
2: Yeah. Then she helps, then uh, Kazumi throws Tina. Tina, then Christy catches her. Yeah. Well, then Kasumi can just jump the distance anyway.
0: Because we've but seen her do this.
2: But if she's if she's clearly got to a point where she can seem like, okay, I need your help. No, you don't, dickhead. You just made the jump by yourself.
0: Out of the other three characters there, we already know that Kasumi is a ninja. So we know she's a ninja princess, by the way, just to make that clear. So Shinobi. Sh- Shinobi ninja princess. So she literally has the, the power of Wushu. So she can literally jump back and do ridiculous stuff. But this is where you see a tiny glimpse that the purple-haired assassin, she is on the island too, and she's ready to fight. Mm. But it's only a glimpse. This
1: is Donovan to
0: all combatants. Welcome to DOA. Fights can happen any time, any place, against anyone. I select matchups based on computer analysis of the most competitive scenarios. The computer will
2: broadcast your opponent's image to your ID bracelet. No weapons are allowed in the DOA fight, except the human weapon.
0: Get ready, fight! To win, you must knock out your opponent. Losers will be sent home. Proceedings are about to begin, and oh boy, when the proceedings begin, we are introduced to the floppiest-haired Eric Roberts I think I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> He's just the worst. <laughs> what is he doing in this movie? He walks out, and you go, oh, there you go, there's your main protagonist. Uh, sorry, antagonist. You know, you, you know. know.
0: The second he walks out, you go, oh, there's the antagonist, of course. The, there's yeah. the bad guy. It's And this is yeah. the thing. The plot of this film, to, to the extent, is pretty much the plot of to, to most of it, it's mostly a plot yeah. to Enter the Dragon, right? Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Island, you're on an island full of famous fighters. Fighters fight each other. So here's the thing. They explain the rules. And okay. here's the thing that I feel slightly disappointed by, right? In a movie with a tournament going on, this bit is a montage, right? This bit's a whole, yeah. a whole montage um, sort of explaining what it is. Also explains a little side, a side plot that the Helena Douglas is the daughter of of Fame Douglas, who started the tournament in the first place. All right. So, and, and, and now that she's 21, legal age, everybody. Uh, basically, <laughs> basically, it's like because it now everyone's of legal age. I think that, I think they had to establish, like, look, now she's 21, she can join the tournament and be in bikinis now. And that's absolutely yes. fine. Um, <laughs> just have to establish she
2: is 21. Okay. She is of age.
0: This is fine. It's fine. Okay. Back, back off. Right. So. The only one character that has a bit more gravitas, gravitas, um, in air quotes, with the fighting scenes is Princess Kasumi because Kasumi is constantly trying to find where her brother is. Yeah. And she doesn't shut the fuck up about it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I get it. We're trying to find your brother. We get it. We know why you're here. You said it already. Goodness. And here's the thing. One of my... and Like I said, a lot of the movie by this point onwards is a lot of of fight scenes mixed with very randomly and poorly edited uh, jumps in time logic. uh, Like the scenes from one scene, it cuts to another scene, for example, that clearly it doesn't match doing like it's a time jump, but it doesn't yeah. logically flow. Like Ho, no. like Holly Valance would be in one scene doing something else. Then it instantly jumps to another scene of her in a different outfit doing a different conversation. Yeah.
2: And- this, happened, this happened This happened with Kasumi I noticed because it gives Kasumi's backstory when you find out about her brother yeah. uh, and all that. And then it cuts to a scene where she's in um, a bath, like a sort of like a rose petal bath. Yeah. And, um, and Hayabusa's there, like, it's like, give me any privacy, and I thought we were still in the flashback scene, and, and but the thing is, like, the film assumptions very early on that they've got these really cheesy, mind you, and they've got these fantastic uh, transition shots with the DOA and then move on to the next scene. Yeah. I mean, but they they, they don't utilise them in the required way, because I thought we were still watching a previous uh, scene, and I was like, oh no, the bath is current day. Okay.
0: Yeah, it doesn't explain a lot, I feel, Um. It's, it, it, and I think that's the problem. The editing is forensic, but I'm not sure whether it is because, again, it was sliced up a little bit in the American release, um, or whether it was, or, or whether that's just like some of the, or that was just the style as it is. Because remember, this was the early noughties, and the early noughties was very much in the, was still like almost lingering off the whole MTV <laughs> editing style. It's,
2: it's, it's so bad, but also equally, it's fucking slaps at times It
0: as does well. slap, look like.
2: Wait, watch
0: it. <laughs> there are some subplots that's happening throughout the movie, and we're not going to go like, oh, we jumps back in this. We might as well go to each subplot. So first of all, we'll talk about Kasumi. Kasumi's constantly trying to find her brother. One of the things she knows, because Eric Roberts actually sat down and said, look, I know you're trying to find your brother. We haven't found the body yet. We, Eric, dude, we know you're lying. Um, <laughs> Dr. Grinky Donovan, I know you're lying, right? Yeah, so, Dr. Yeah, and it says like, but I know the man who killed him. Leon, right? Mm, Leon's sure. also on the island, and so as as a thing, so it's him. So basically, you're Eric Roberts in this giant sort of fake like security wing or something with loads of fake screens on, and everyone's yeah. ty- and everyone's typing on like a weird looking Mac and Linux kind of computers and all that stuff. Um, it's so cliche, and and that and then you're introduced to a character that does happen later on called Weatherby. Who always gets his names said wrongly because everyone is an idiot. He's the awkward nerd. He's the awkward nerd who came up with the nanobot he's technology. Us. He's us. When, when, well, he's supposed to be us in 2005, okay? Yes. So he is supposed to be <laughs> the awkward teenager kind of feel, <laughs> even, though clearly, <laughs> either, even though he's clearly, even though he's clearly like in his mid to late no, 20s. Clearly, <laughs> he's at least in his early 30s and he's awkward as balls. My goodness. Um, oh, fantastic. Because Kasumi just in, is just in her room, right? And she's having, yeah. and and she's actually having a fight already with Purple Head Ninja, right? She's already in yeah. there, and then suddenly, whoosh, whoosh, Leon kicks the door down.
1: Before I take your life, will you repent for leaving the clan? My only goal is to find out what happened to my brother.
2: Leon. Are- ring service.
0: Yes! Oh, there it is. There it is. And then the fight kicks off properly, where she is completely... Where they're demolishing the entire building, almost. Yeah. She's going through. She, she's going through bits and bobs, fighting through, like going through the bathroom, the kitchen, everything in her apartment. And then this cuts to a little bit where Max and Christy, who are b- both lovers, partners in crime, and thieves, are making out on the bed. And one bit, she says. I believe the earth is moving. I love his Max's response. Like, say, that's that's, that's. that's what I go for. That's what I go for. <laughs> no, seriously, the earth is moving. <laughs> and then Leon goes through the wall. Yep. Through the wall, and then and then they has fight. So Leon, so Leon and a, a Kasumi is still brawling. It is a genuinely a good fight scene. It's genuinely yeah. fun. And there's one shot that I will always remember from this movie. And I don't know whether you remember it, but I will say right. So. At this moment, Max and Christy are sort of hiding in the corner of the room with a blanket covering them because they're nude, right? They have been spooning. And mm-hmm. so, and then Leon and Kasumi are beating each other up. Kasumi is properly giving a proper good-on wailing on Leon and beating him senseless. At one point, almost froze him entirely through a kitchen table. And it cuts to one shot where Holly Valance is doing this, like, I am impressed look, where it's just her going... Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bravo. That to me is my look for the entire movie. It's more like I am surprised. I am supr- I'm it's surprised. I'm like, surprised how much you're enjoying this. Exactly. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm impressed.
2: Hmm. Mm. Yes, I do I do remember the scene that in which you speak. Yes.
0: Why his why is that not a gif? Because I could use that to explain. I can make
2: it a gif. I can make it a gif. If you want it as a gif, I'll make it as a gif. Please make it a gif. Use it forever. Okay. Cuz
0: I want I'll that to you. be whenever I am just genuinely impressed with something. <laughs> I <just> surprisingly <laughs> impressed I want to go. I want I want Holly Valance's face
2: going,
0: "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> you then got the other plot line involving Christian Max? So do you yes. want to kind of explain to me what Christy and Max is doing with Helena in the first place? Uh, what, what, what Christy and Max are doing with Helena? Yes.
2: Uh, so, uh, oh my God, I can't even fucking remember. This sums it
0: up, doesn't it? That sums up the yeah. movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so do you think I paid attention to story in this? Okay, so there is
0: there is a weird subplot going on here. Just what remind ba- me, yeah. So, okay, so there's a subplot where Max is there. Max is not was not really invited to doA he was he he, he tricked his Ireland way into Europe. it because he yeah. has heard that in the on this island there is a big vault of money right yes. because the cash prize for this is 10 million dollars right but yeah. there's clearly more so what Max wants to do is try and break into the vault and rob him Christy says I will I will help you do this, but on two conditions. One, half the money's mine, and if I do win the tournament, I still get the 10 million dollars. You don't touch that, you slimy dog. But it's a weird, it's a weird kind of thing. They don't like each other but they like each other. They're lovers, but they are, but they're, and they're partners, but it's the worst, right? (laughs) Right. There's a whole bunch of extra bits where we never get told this, but apparently according to a source, which I'm not sure is part of the deleted scenes or whatever, Max says a Helena is the key to the, uh, The to the vault, right? Yeah. So Max is, constantly trying to be weird and pervy to Helena the entire movie, trying to go up and say, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a back rub. And the fact as yes. well that Christy, in a weird way is jealous of this. Yep. So she is constantly cock blocking him whenever <laughs> it gets
2: too touchy. This is yeah, this this is true. Yeah, of course she's got the uh, tattoo on her lower back, doesn't she?
0: Yes, and there's a bit yes. where, it, where, for some reason, he takes out what looks like some kind of laser pen.
2: He's like a like a laser read. Like, what is that supposed to be? Sorry, just without my hands. We're playing volleyball. You want
1: in? Yeah, let's play.
2: You must know I was working.
1: No. Working it seemed a better description.
0: When Christy has another go at it, where they're just sort of chilling out in the spa together, because of yeah. course, because through the spa, he says like she says, "Oh, there is a second tattoo. There's a second tattoo that I found because I, and I love, I love the tease. He's like, I ain't telling you where it is. It's like, hey, <laughs> girls, girls share secret naughty things with each other, and mm-hmm. so." This then leads into the big fight with Chris, with Christie and uh, Christie and uh, Helena in the rain. Now, this fight took two weeks to film, mostly because one, constantly raining. So the idea was it was fake rain, but everyone was wet. Even though we all know the reason why it was wet—see mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but there was also there was also people were lose people were having trouble keeping balance because they were wet on a beach yes yes that's, got, that's, that's always going to be a problem so that's why if you notice in the fight there's some random moments where it just cuts to some, what seems like it's a very sort of like hero uh, crafting target and dragon shots yeah. where it cuts to like close ups of bamboo hitting the rain and the water and loads of like yeah. really artsy shots in this fight loads of slow motion loads of means to stretch out the fight to make it look like a fight Hey baby, come on, loosen up. It's a party. Come on, you know you wanna dance with me.
1: Well, see, I'd love to, but um, I don't know how good you're gonna be on the dance floor with two broken legs.
2: Hmm? So what, you just gonna ruin this party for everybody?
1: fine sunrise tomorrow morning
0: forbidden square fine Subplot so, number three is the zach and tina situation where basically yes. zach's being an absolute perv tina's keeps saying no and then they decide and then they has fight and then she and then he respects her for whooping his butt
2: yeah. And the thing is, though, like, I, that, that's one, that's one bit that I understand because it's, it, the, the rules of the tournament are established very early on. Yeah. Uh, where they say that the only way to win is by knockout. Yeah. Uh, I know there's already an alternative, I know there's already an alternative for this where, um, where Kevin Nash and, uh, Tina uh, and I'll call him Kevin Nash till the day I die. Yeah, okay, yeah. I know he's got a real character name. It's Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash and Tina have the fight. So whoever hits the water first is out. I, I understand that. But Zach wasn't knocked out. Zach just got knocked off of the uh, off the sort of
0: uh, uh, platform and. Oh, oh, I've decided that you've won now. I think, I think, I think this, I think this supposed to equal the ring out situation. Like you but find. she was already knocked out first. It's so confusing. I'm not sure where the whole <laughs> thing, I don't know. Basically, they, look, in this in this movie, do you honestly expect they're going to try and follow the rules no, of their I own No, I shouldn't plot? use logic.
2: I shouldn't be using logic. I do apologise. It's rule number one of the trash tapes.
0: Don't, don't try and put too much logic into it. You'll hurt your head. So, okay, so that's, so those are all the subplots. It all kind of merged together, because by the end of it, it's only a very small handful of people. They got rid of the fluff by this point right yeah there's one bit we haven't mentioned well there's one bit i mentioned which uh, which is kind of funny is where max and bayman are supposed to have a fight now max yeah beats him entirely by accident by yes. fr- by accidentally throwing his shoes at him and then bayman gets knocked out by a statue in the in the apartment randomly yeah. and that's the thing this is why again i am generally convinced that it's supposed to be a female empowerment movie to a point. I'm going to throw this at it because a lot of the men, other than let's say Hayabusa, a yeah. lot of the men are either villainous or cowards, right? Or horny, or horny. Which, yeah, but again, villainous or villainous or cowardly. And yeah. because the women get all the good fights. Max yeah. gets throws two shoes at someone <laughs> and wins. wins. The volleyball
1: scene.
0: Yeah! Which is very, very obvious. It's supposed to be an homage to Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, right? Yeah. we ha- it, It'd be dumb not to put it in there. It's part of the thing. And in fact, yeah. the ball's an actual replica from the game, by the way. it's And it was. Mm-hmm. And it's something that was made exclusively for the movie. And I'm not sure you can get it anywhere else again, unless there are some copies out there. So if you go on eBay, you find a Dead or Alive Volleyball. That might be rare. <laughs> that might be a rare find, my friend. So they do the very typical thing. So you have, so you have our four lead women, basically. Now Helena's kind of been brought in now to join the girl squad, which is yes. basically what's happened. And they're all <laughs> playing volleyball with, with hilarious editing, slow motion cuts, zoom in shots of everything, a, a, a wipe shot of someone's butt just clear yeah. on the screen. <laughs> just as
2: you go past it. Yeah. The camera is at butt level.
0: Uh, and it's just like, and, and they're taking, Like, and a funny thing, every time they hit the volleyball, it sounds like an explosion or a bullet. It's
2: smacking them. There's even one scene where it sounds like like a train's going past. Choo-choo, mother trucker,
0: and just smacks it, right?
2: (laughs) Weatherby decides to introduce himself. Yay! And we get we actually get in his mind the love scene between him and Helena and all the love hearts are coming (laughs) off the screen and you get the music and everything and like that is actually in the movie that actually happened yeah
0: I'm Weatherby.
1: What are you doing? I work in the lab. I'm Weatherby. Helena. I know.
2: Would you like another drink? I'll get you another drink. Um, I'll get you another drink. Thanks, Wellington. Actually, it's Weatherby. It's a pretty funny story. Shay, Shay. My grandfather came over with his horse.
1: Hey, Wallaby. Yes. What
0: are you doing? It is kind of amazing that that stayed in the movie. I can't believe that that made the final cut. And it is, I think, I think it's supposed to emphasize that Weatherby is very cheeseball dorky. Yeah, but my like... God, was that old whiplash? Because it nothing like this happens again. <laughs> yeah, no. He's even like, "Thank
2: you, God." <laughs> he's seeing this in his montage. And what's brilliant is after together. that bit,
0: after that bit, she he, he ends oh. up trying to talk to uh, Helena, and he is awkward as balls, doesn't know what oh, to say, so doesn't gritty. do that, and then you know, talking talk about his grandfather riding on a horse, really bizarre, and trying <laughs> to take cocktails over to her, and they and they're kind of kicking it off. It cuts to another surprisingly decent fight later on before we go to the volleyball scene again another decent fight where helena is fighting off is literally fighting off an army of ninjas with swords and i'm not gonna lie that's pretty decent as well it's pretty pretty cool is this the one on the steps yes are
2: you talking about the sword fight where nobody dies yes <laughs> you, you think that's a good scene. They've, they've, everyone's, Everyone's got katanas, and all of the dead ninjas who are on the floor, oh, no, ninjas,
0: all the dead ninjas who are on the floor are just going, oh, ah, ah They're all knocked ah, out. Fuck. I love it. I love it. Because <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> there, no, there is a scene that's complete nonsense, right? And I love this. And a bit, randomly, while she's sweeping off swords and fighting off, there's a bit where there's some really surprisingly decent moves in here. Like, at one point, using her own sword, she blocks all the swords attacking her at once like boom and then there's one bit where she kicks a sword out of a person's hand back flips the, like kicks back kicks a sword into the air they fight it off and she grabs it with two swords are you thinking this is really cool i'm not gonna lie this is nice <laughs> this is cool it's dumb as right. bricks but i love it
2: if this scene yes had had blood spatter and decapitations, then it would have made sense, and I would have, I would have said bravo,
0: oh, good sir. But it is a PG 13.
2: I don't care. <laughs> everyone was on the board going, ah, fuck. Um, and come on, you've just been in a sword fight <laughs>
0: for goodness <laughs> sake. Everyone had a graze. sword's made out of foam. <laughs> like, what is going on? I, lo- I love the idea that maybe just everyone had a graze. Everyone just got <laughs> like, ah, oh, oh, that stings. He like tells him. tells Helena first of all that that Eric Roberts Dr Donovan has ki- was the one who killed her father right Oh and we're all he- so surprised Oh, oh no shock and al- and then also at the same time is that he has used is using the nanotechnology to read the read all the information of all the fighters like and there's a weird it's thing it's not four fighters four fighters add more because there's some more ones there later hidden in the background so they oh, yeah. so they kidnap so that, so basically at some point through an elaborate sense of nonsense they they kidnap our leads basically and put them in a tube right uh, put them all in tubes. Eric Roberts yeah. comes out looking smug as balls, gets <laughs> going like, aha. I have what I've been doing with the nanotechnology is I have been reading your move list, basically. <laughs> yeah. like, it's actually
2: called a move list as well, like it was in the game.
0: Yeah, it's, it's basically <laughs> because I have I, I've mastered all your moves, right? Yeah. So to get a pair of sunglasses with with data that can predict. Fights.
2: <laughs> right. If you're going to pick, right, and you're pro- you probably going to mention this as well, you probably have the same thought as me, okay. but if you were going to pick a piece of apparel, a piece of attire that you could store data to make you the ultimate fighter, you would not pick fucking sunglasses. That is the last thing you're going to wear in a fight. <laughs>
0: but it looks so cool. Did they fall off. Oh, they fall off, yeah. But hand. it looks so cool, though, and well, that's the whole point of this movie. <laughs>
2: just imagine like a data tank top or something like that like i i I stored (laughs) all of your fighting i know all of your move list when i wear this tank top
0: now that i have your attention let me introduce you to the future Oh, Donovan has begun the download. We gotta go. Do you think it'll really work? Of course, I created it. So, with these magical sunglasses, can predict. Fights. so he brings out uh so he actually then brings out uh kasumi's brother who he is so who he has tied up and ready to fight although it's a very unfair fight really because he has sort of clearly been there for about a year <laughs> About a year.
2: <laughs> he is literally not moving he does say though that i've kept him in peak fighting condition so i would argue that you haven't he's currently
0: tied up good sir yeah so they have so in other words they have a fight and what this kind of does it, it reminds me a little bit but in a really bad way it reminds me of like the sherlock holmes movies with with robert Downey jr where he's going All like right. and now you're going, going to go into capital discombobulated that whole thing right <laughs> it reminds me of that, but with sunglasses with like squares popping up and him trying to predict the fight and so but this is the thing i'm not the whole thing is i feel like I don't think the sunglasses improve your fighting skill. It just predicts the fight for you so you can find out how to dodge like and always win. Like it's cheetah sunglasses basically, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Basically.
0: So he beats up him. So he beats up, uh, so he beats up the brother and then say like, now, and now that I've done that and thank you very much for the show. I'm going to steal more of your information, put it into my glasses, which with a giant beam of light. <laughs> <zooming> <laughs> no. into the sunglasses, beam me up. And- and then goes into saying i'm now going to sell this on the black market around the world
2: six random pictures of people on the screen <laughs> it's like it's
0: the, don't even move it's the worst zoom call right like here's, 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 here's a six there you go fish bash bosh bob's your fish. uncle <laughs> and then this but then luckily uh Uh, Weatherby Weatherby and Helena are in the security room trying to stop this from happening with the most early noughties, late nineties hacking look, I think, in the history of (laughs) ever. It's just type, 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 intense looking type, 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 let's hope this works, type, type, type. So basically, they're trying to do that. They stop the transaction from happening. (laughs) Obviously, Eric is pissed off. Eric yeah. Eric is pissed off and goes and says, Bayman, try and find out what's happening here. Because in the means the shit out of Weatherby. but he finds out something. Max has finally gone to the vault and he's about to rob it when Bayman finds this and then knocks him the fuck out so he can steal the money so he can prepare because Eric Roberts is about to leave and do all yeah. this nonsense. Eric yeah. Eric sets out a bizarre only three minute self destruct
2: <laughs> Because because I mean why would you need a self destruction option? Anyway, but what I did, but what I did enjoy because there is also the scene in there uh, where Eric afterwards goes in and he uh he stops uh, Weatherby from trying to open up the last pod. He's on, he's on the last pod, isn't yeah. he? He's got the last one to do. As we both have established, he's been furiously typing for a good five minutes at this point. Yes. Then finally, he gets knocked out. He's left for dead, and all it takes is just one solo.
0: I Touch love a that. button. yes it's like press I need to press the space bar I, just, I was
2: so close I need to press one more button press the one button and they are released from their pods. Is, that's not how hacking works right <laughs> I'm pretty sure I mean I've not really got into hacking much myself I've got to be honest but I'm pretty sure it doesn't work
0: like that Is hilarious they bust through the buddha and they have this giant fight yes. they have this giant weird ass ladder fight in uh in in in, in the tower that was near the beginning yeah and i'm not gonna lie they're
2: trying to climb up
0: yeah yeah and here's the thing i i got the feeling that half the women were doing this eric roberts dude you are not doing the splits. You are not no. doing any of this. <laughs> this is not exp- for you. And I think this explains the sunglasses and the wig because I feel like that's a way to cover someone's face when you're trying to do some of the shots. Because uh, yeah, true, yeah, true, yeah. And so everyone kind of comes out high, boost to the brother. Everyone's sort of like, yeah, we're going to go take yeah. Taking him six on one, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, because everyone's falling off ladders. There's like weird yeah. crisscrossing. There's splits. There's people doing punches. There's a bit where Eric Roberts is angry with a bench- bunch of chains. He just goes... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then this leads to one thing, which they don't really explain a lot, but they do explain in the deleted scene about the five sisters. Do you know how oh, like- randomly uh, the brother... I think it's the brother, actually, who's running underneath Eric Roberts at this point, does like does like an uppercut with this and hits the pressure point at the bottom of his foot. Right. Yes. And then you see all the blood circulating, all that nonsense. Right. Yeah. This was a technique called the five sisters technique which was somehow completely scrapped. There were scenes which we've seen earlier on where Kasumi and the brother are... Kasumi's kidnapped. And the brother uses literally needles. Little yes. needles in acupuncture points to freeze people And knock him out, right? There were far more discussions about this acupuncture technique in order to make sense of it. Because when this scene happens and you do the uppercut to the foot, this is the first time that has ever happened. And it doesn't explain that this is a thing. Kasumi then comes out with a bunch of needles, punches the back of Eric Roberts head, neck to keep him frozen. And then they, and then everyone else jumps literally flying jumps out.
2: Apart from, from, is it Max and Weatherby who take the slide? They take the slide. They take the slide (laughs) down into the the ocean. (laughs) Because that's going to be fast enough, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then everyone else does a flying jump out of it (laughs) while everything explodes.
1: Don't you think that guy in the second row is cute? Is there a guy in this world you don't have a crush on? You can have him. But well, what about the other three hundred? Why don't we just split them up evenly?
0: And so that was Dead or alive. Now let's. So now I think it's about time we do the trashometer. Trashometer. So. Uh for anyone who is if this is the first time listening to us welcome. So we do reviews a little bit differently around here. We instead of giving like a star rating or an A grade or anything like that, we do something called a trashometer where we break it down to five different sections and in those sections basically it's figuring out where this movie kind of falls under our enjoyment of trash. So I'll go through them so everyone has a bit of a reminder. So first of all, we have tame. Tame means the movie was boring, not really trashy at all, wasn't really fun, just but not like in an angry way. It was just a bit dull. It was boring. Nothing fun happening, right? You then got a tiny bit trashy. Tiny bit trashy where it was fun and there's, there's, bits, there's, there's bits that we definitely will remember in the zeitgeist, but it feels like it could have been more. Like, they could have really gone t- more into something. They could have added more to it or they could have done something a little bit more to me, more enjoyable. Then you have trash. Trash is the sweet spot, the perfect middle, the golden goose, the, uh, the ultimate, fu- the ultimate finishing move of all trash <laughs> movies, right? Then we've got too trashy. Too trashy is we're, we're still enjoying it, but there's definitely moments we're getting angry at it. There's things we're not reading. There's some bits which are sort of... We're, we're getting a little annoyed at it, a bit frustrated about it, etc. And then there is torture. Torture is we had not had fun with this. It is We are angry at it. We are upset by it. We find it either offensive, horrible, just not a good time so greg since you are our guest where would you put this on the trashometer okay so
2: there's i mean there's two ways of looking at it i would consider putting it at two because i feel like we had a lot of context missing from those deleted scenes yes Right, which would make it a perfect three. But I'm, I, I think I'm willing to forgive that just because the film it, it knows it kind of knows what it wants to be. I think it is just dumb fun. There's relatively decent fights and there's a lot of naked bodies
0: going around there. Yeah, I'm giving it a three, man. I'm giving it a three. Oh. And you know what? I'm kind of in the same boat here. But if I was going to put it like on the higher end. It were. I would put it on the higher end of trash because I feel like there were moments where we're getting frustrated with it. But I feel like the reason why is because I can see what they were trying to do, but too many people were shouting at it. In other words, I'm, yeah. I'm going to compare this to, another, to Street Fighter the movie for a second. Street Fighter the movie, I put it as torture. I genuinely don't like the movie. I feel like yeah. it is... I feel like even though I had a lot of fun with it, I was more angry than anything else. And I might even consider a review of it being more too trashy than torture. But it is bad because I can generally sense the corporateness underneath it. I sense this is clearly people who had no idea what they wanted to do. Loads of clashing ideas leading into something that doesn't even resemble the game. Here, I can tell off the bat this is dead or alive. I know for a fact that this is based off the video game. It knows. 100% has
2: the aesthetic.
0: Exactly. It knows Mm -hmm. what it's doing. And I'm going to agree with Ken Newman. To a weird way, this actually is the most faithful as an adaptation of its source material because in terms of how it feels, it feels like dead or alive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, it just feel like dead, dead or alive, and so I think I think it hits the sweet spot. I don't think it's annoying. I don't think it's torture. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't. It's certainly not tame. Same as the last word I would use to describe this movie in any way, shape, or form. I think I think it, it could have done with a little bit more context, especially if they are trying to give it give it story or lore. Yeah. So you know, it, it could be a two, but for me, I'm willing to forgive that. I think it was a three.
0: And so on that point, this is going to be fully blown into on the trashometer as. Trash Woohoo! Ta-da. It's
1: got to be
0: Perfect Trash Not gonna lie. I was be honest having that discussion with you and honestly, this is the thing. I was genuinely surprised you kinda like this movie as well. Because I'm sat there with a the moment, <laughs> I'm thinking like I started thinking like, look, I'm gonna ease you in, but if you've not watched a lot of trashy movies as I have, you're probably gonna sit there I, I genuinely you were going to hate it. I genuinely, uh, I genuinely thought, you thought you were gonna... I was going
2: to hate it too. To be
0: honest, <laughs> I, I mean, I, oh, don't get me wrong. I don't
2: think it was uh, by any by any stretch of agent Oscar worthy. Hell no. But I, I, it doesn't have to.
0: I just, I just enjoy the movie. I just, I just accept it for what it was. <laughs> Yep, you have to let it gloss over you. This, like I said, this is a sugar rush of a movie. It feels yeah. like you, at the first 10 minutes or so, you've had way too many sugary donuts. And then and then it lags in between, but then the moment you start having more coffee and more donuts and more sugar, and the more it starts adding more of that kind of cheesy... Rubbish! You get a kick again, and then and then yep. all the boring parts you forget, and then you kick it back in again. You're almost—it's yep. almost like having a heart attack where you're constantly being <laughs> revived at all the at all the bits that you forgot about.
2: Yeah, I just felt like I needed a cigarette and some sleep
0: afterwards. Yeah, I was definitely tired after this, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so Greg, so Greg, thank you oh so very much for joining me on this episode. This is i need my pleasure it's yeah i mean ed's not here which is a shame but to be frank i think i i I think ed didn't need to see this i think we've given enough i think ed should go and watch it on his own maybe he can come back and tell me his opinion to add on to the trashometer but i totally think this is it's just a fun trash movie and i'm glad that you were able to join me on this journey
2: no thank you i think I i think to be fair i think Ed needs a break from it before you break his brain
0: Alright, and on that bombshell, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for joining me. And so see so until next time, keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you guys next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers, you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up to date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles.